Hello, it is Tuesday, August 25th. Time for another edition of the Come On Now MMA podcast. I am your host, Trent Reinsmith. Today, I will discuss Dominic Reyes feeling disrespected, um, how interviews with fighters, coaches, managers, etc., are sometimes not what they appear. Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley's reaction to his loss with to Marlon Vera and the UFC's hotel which just came to light earlier this evening after the Dana White Contender Series so on to the first topic the first topic is going to be short notice fights which there have been an abundance of Ever since the UFC came back from that from the break, they had um, figuring out what they were going to do as far as COVID nineteen testing and protocol. And I have uh, I've railed against this for a while, and it's become the norm. And now it is becoming the norm in title fights, and I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's fair for prelim fighters, let alone title fights. But it's becoming the norm. And Dominic Reyes, who is going to fight for the vacant UFC light heavyweight title against Jan Blokovic in September, he doesn't seem too thrilled about it either. He spoke to Ariel Hawani of ESPN about it, and here's what Reyes had to say. It's going to be enough. Okay, I prefer an actual real like camp for a title fight, but I mean, if they're going to disrespect me with this and whatever, it is what it is, man. I'm, it's, it's just adding more fuel to the fire. It's, it's a little more adversity to overcome. You know what I mean? But mm. it's all Why good. do you feel it, like it's disrespectful? Bro, it's a championship fight. And you're going to give me six weeks notice on a co-main. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, bro. <laughs> 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 were, were you not, were you, were you not kind of staying in shape because of everything going on or it's not that I'm not in shape. It's that it takes time to prepare, man. Yeah. Like I want, I want to go out there and freaking put on a, a hell of a show for the fans. I, I, I want to do some, some dope, man. I want to sleep them, I, I choke them out, whatever. You know, I, I want to get a, a, an astonishing finish. And that takes film study. It takes time. It takes a little bit, of, a little bit more than, than six weeks. But What's your ideal length for a camp? Uh, ten weeks for a five-round five, five fight? Yeah. Five rounds is no joke, bro. It's no joke, especially when you're a 205 pounder. We're not these little guys where energy expenditure is a lot different. When I move, it requires a lot more energy than when it takes, you know, TJ Dillashaw or Cody, Cody Garbrandt to move. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, it's, it's just biology, bro. Now, I know there's going to be people who say six weeks is enough. And to that, I would say, how do you know? You're not Dominic Reyes, so you don't know. You're assuming something that you don't know. If the guy says he needs 10 weeks to prepare for a five-round title fight, I'm inclined to believe that he needs 10 weeks to prepare for a five-round title fight. Is he staying in shape? I'm sure he's staying in shape. These days, it's rare for a fighter to get totally out of shape between fights. It just doesn't happen all that much. But 
there's a lot that goes into a camp, especially for a title fight. And now you have to consider the fact that these camps are not going to be under ideal circumstances. So maybe it'll take longer than 10 weeks to prepare properly because if you're in the, in a spot where you have to work around restrictions to train, that's less than ideal. So that maybe that adds some time to a camp. I don't know. All I know is if Reyes says it's going to take him 10 weeks, then that's what it's going to take him. And yes, it is disrespectful because before COVID-19, you didn't get you didn't get title fights booked on 6 weeks notice. You didn't get many prelim fights booked on 6 weeks notice. And I understand it's tough to book fights now because of all the moving parts or the non-moving parts parts actually and I know that there's probably not a big pool of fighters to pick from but this is supposed to be the cream of the crop the biggest MMA organization in the world this is the the pinnacle and it's not being run like the pinnacle. It's being run by the seat of its pants. And that's understandable somewhat. But these fights should not be booked in, on such short notice. And the problem is the fighters have no option. If Dominic Reyes says he needs 10 weeks, he's not fighting on... He's not fighting... Jan Blakowicz for the for the vacant title because the UFC is just going to go down to the next guy on the list. That's what's going to happen. He knows that. So if he wants to fight, he takes it on short notice and tries to get a good camp in. And a guy on, or gal fighting in the curtain jerker, they have zero opportunity to say no. Well, I... I if they want to fight and if they want to get a fight in a, in a decent amount of time because if you say no and it's your first UFC fight which a lot of the times we are seeing it is these days well you're going to wait until the, until the last minute before they offer you another fight I'm sure unless they just have no choice but to offer you another fight which might be the case because we're seeing a lot of fighters fight back-to-back in very short amounts of time these days. And I don't think that's because the UFC wants them to. I think that's because the UFC has to. I hope that when things, if, if and when things get back to normal, that this all goes away and the UFC gets back to booking fights and, and giving these fighters a good training camp time. And I think that will happen because you'll have to sell tickets. And yeah, you'll get some some crazy folks that'll buy a ticket just because it says UFC. But for the higher price fights, the, the Vegas fights, the New York fights, the California fights, Montreal, Toronto, those folks are going to want to see 
who's fighting before they buy a ticket. M most or many of them will at least. And if you don't tell them when tickets go on sale, they're not going to run that risk. Especially if you're paying top dollar to get a seat in New York City. But there's also the chance that the UFC just does that, stays th stays this course, with the thinking being, it it behooves us to f to book these on short notice so we can get a fight we want, force fighters to to fight on short notice, get used to fighting on short notice, but it does not it doesn't benefit the fighters at all to take these fights on on short notice. Six weeks for a title fight is ridiculous. And shit, man. Remember John Jones turned the fight down on short notice because of a switched opponent. And that's his right. But he's a rare example of someone who can do that and, and kind of get away with it. I mean, he took a lot of heat from that from Dana White. But that was the right thing to do if he didn't feel comfortable fighting somebody. Dominic Reyes doesn't have that option. He's not a champion. If he wants to fight for the title, he takes the offer that's given him. And that's the case with 99% of the UFC fighters. The only folks that could probably get away with that without some kind of pushback are the champions. And even they will get some kind of pushback. So, yeah. Any fighter that's asked to take a fight on short notice without getting a proper training camp, whatever they require for a proper training camp is being disrespected. I'm sorry, but that is that is the case. Two weeks ago, Javier Mendez said that he thought that Daniel Cormier could keep fighting. That he wasn't fighting like a 41-year-old. And that interview was with MMA Fighting. Today, there's a post on MMA Junkie where Mendez says he hopes Daniel Cormier stays retired. And it's just weird. Weird that um, it reminded me a little bit of what Luke Thomas has said. Is that, and Luke said that he doesn't like doing a lot of interviews because often these interviews are... just BS for lack of a better term they're just telling you what they th think you want to hear and that has that is of no interest to to Thomas he's according that's what he according to him and I would agree with that and this is an I think this is an example of that so before the fight Mendez was pumping the fight with Stipe Mendez was pumping Cormier's tires now after the fight He's saying that he thinks Cormier should stay retired. He also said in that other, in one of those other video uh, interviews, was that he thought that the UFC would throw a bunch of money at Cormier and that he would take it and fight again. I guess that tune has changed as well, and and that's fine, but it just seems disingenuous to have that big switch in two weeks. And 
that's bothersome, I think, because if you're telling me what you think you should say, well then, like like Luke Thomas said, why should why should someone take the time to even interview you, to speak to you? If I'm not going to glean any information that is truthful and honest, what's it for? Is it for clicks? Because... While some folks are interested in that, Luke Thomas is not one of those. I'm not one of those. I would rather interview someone not about MMA at all. And that and that takes away that the the uh, the thing where they think that they should have to tell you something and they're not gonna tell you something honest. So if I talk to you about something you're interested in and it's not MMA related, well, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting interview for me. And I would hope it's an interesting interview for the audience because it's something other than talking about the best camp of your life and cutting weight's been great and you know, you're, you're, you're going to win and your confidence and all this other stuff that we hear over and over and over. So this just reminded me of that. I'd rather have someone just, you know, tell me, hey, I'm not going to tell you that because of this, you know. I, I can't speak about it because I don't want my opponent to know. Okay, cool. That's fine. But don't say one thing before the fight and then tell me another thing after the fight. And then I'm left to wonder, well, which one of these things is true? Is either true? Because that's what I'm wondering here. Is this which one is the which one is the real Javier Mendez? Is it the guy that said Cormier could keep fighting, or is it the guy that says that Cormier should stay retired? And then why the disconnect? When so if I figure out which one is the real person, why the disconnect? Is it is, and probably it's because well you felt that you had to say that. For, for one reason or another. And like I, I agree with Luke Thomas on this. If you're not going to give me the truth, then then don't waste my time. And, and don't waste your time. And don't waste all the fans' time. Because they're going to notice the discrepancy here. At least they should. And... That's that's uh, that's something I don't think folks should really stand for or be interested in. I, I don't I don't want to talk to someone who's gonna just give me a story that's maybe based on the truth but not totally true, because it makes me look foolish as well. It makes me look foolish, makes the interviewee look foolish, and why why trust anyone after that? So, yeah, I would hope that these interviews that folks do are true. And I wish people would tell the, tell the truth. And if they're not going to, well, then maybe don't do the interviews. Because it's just, it's, 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 it's a bad look for, for everyone. For the person who did the interview, for the person who gave the interview... And it just creates a 
an environment of distrust, I think. I want to revisit Sean O'Malley's post-fight reactions. And I was kind of on the fence about this after it happened, but I'm feeling a little more that O'Malley screwed up pretty bad by um, how he handled the, the loss to Vera. And I am gathering from social media that I'm not alone in that. I think he cost himself a fair number of fans. Maybe that will be temporary once he gets back to fighting. If he wins and looks good, well, MMA fans have a short memory. We know that. And the memory is usually goes back to your most recent fight. So if O'Malley looks good, all will be forgotten. If he loses again, that is a precarious situation he has put himself in. Um, Darren Tilt spoke about this, and he was critical of the way O'Malley handled it. Um, he didn't like the way he that O'Malley disrespected Vera by calling him a journeyman, and he suggested that you know that O'Malley take his loss and move on and don't disrespect his opponent. And I agree with that uh, because everything he said was how great the fight went for him and how Vera didn't beat him, that he lost because he rolled his ankle. So why? I don't... I, the, 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 I think what bothers me most one thing that bothers me is the disrespect of Vera. The other thing that bothers me is the lack of, is it self-awareness? Maybe. But the lack of looking at the fight and seeing anything wrong. And that his, his coach did the same thing. They both were on this trip that it was a perfect fight. And I don't think I've ever seen a perfect fight. This reminds me of what Jim Miller told me a few years ago. And his career goal wasn't to win a title. It was to fight a perfect fight. And he had not achieved that by then. This was when he fought in Baltimore. I forget the year. But he told, he said his goal was to fight a perfect fight and that he had gotten close but never achieved that. And he had been doing it by then a lot longer than Sean O'Malley had. And maybe they're, well, they're definitely different personalities, that's for sure. But they probably also surrounded themselves with people, and I, and I believe this to be true, um, because Jim had his brother and his dad and the family seemed very tight-knit and, and his coach too. Um, everybody seemed very open to communicating and to being honest with each other. And I don't see that in O'Malley's team and his coach. He seemed to be more of a yes man. And, and that's not good ever, 
ever because that creates situations where you don't improve because everything is always sold to you is like yeah that's it that's it you got it it's it's a good you're doing great and I don't I don't see that um, it's way too early in O'Malley's career to think that he's perfect or is fighting a perfect fight because he's still developing he's still young he's not at the height of his powers he's not a completely well-rounded fighter He's a good fighter. He looks good when he's doing his thing. His movement's great. His striking's great. He uses his frame well. But there's got to be some things he can improve on. And if not, well, then you're going to stagnate. There's always something to get better at, no matter what you do. Always something you can improve on. Or always something you can learn. And I think that's what bothered me about that conversation more than the disrespect. The disrespect bothered me a lot. But the attitude of this was a perfect fight and I did a, I was perfect. And if I wouldn't have rolled my ankle or if Vera wouldn't have kicked me in the leg, I would have won that fight walking away. Well, no, no. The, the best fighters are always learning always trying to improve look at look at George St. Pierre he never stopped trying to get better and he's going to go down as maybe the greatest fighter ever John Jones always used to fight to his opponent's strength he lost that a little bit maybe it was cuz of age maybe it was cuz he wanted to hold on to the title maybe he became safer just out of fear of losing the title. But now that he's relinquished the title and is moving up to heavyweight, I think we're going to see a different John Jones. I think we're going to see the John Jones of old who's willing to take risks, who's willing to try new things, to practice new things, to get a little out of his safety zone. And I think that's going to be exciting to see. And I hope O'Malley thinks about this a little more and starts to say alright maybe I'm uh, maybe I am not perfect maybe there's things I can improve on and I hope he tells his coach his team everyone around him if you see a weak spot let me know if there's something we need to work on let me know if there's not let's work on something new that's how you get better Open communication is how you get better. Being honest with yourself is how you get better. And I think that's what bothered me the most about Sean O'Malley. And I'll shut up about that now. So I guess uh, after tonight's Dana White Contender Series, White said that the UFC's bought 10 acres of land uh, and that it's going to build a hotel on that land and... The idea is to be totally self-sufficient, which I get it, and I'm okay with that, I guess. Um, and I'll have more to say about this tomorrow when I try and get some more information. But this also goes against Dana White saying before, earlier 
in this year when things were, you know, not so great with with the COVID-19 pandemic, that it was a bad time for fighters to ask about money because, you know, we're in a global pandemic, guys. Well, buying 10 acres of land in Las Vegas and building a hotel takes money. And if you have money for that, you should have money to give the fighters a better share of the revenue and raise wages. But I, like I said, I'll have more to say on that tomorrow. But for now, I'm going to call it a night and uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe.